welcome back to the second part of the June podcast for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com. I'm your host and webmaster for the site, Brad Douglas. Now, this part will answer your many questions from the message board. Man, you guys had a lot of them. Along with discussing if the Ultimate Spider-Man comic is truly an all-ages book. And we'll join the conversation where we're talking about the Hero Initiative Spider-Man comic that had a cover drawn by Todd McFarlane. And it went for a record amount of money on eBay. This is six thousand seven hundred and one dollars. What do you guys think of? Th- what do you think of that? <laughs> I think somebody has a lot of spare change. Yeah. Like that? What were we saying? There's a serious McFarlane collector out there. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I, I can't. I, I just can't justify spending six thousand seven hundred and one dollars on a cover when I already have the book inside. Yeah. The cost. Three bucks, by the way, maybe four for that one. <laughs> yeah. Jr., would you spend six grand on this thing if money was no object? <laughs> no, <laughs> really, still. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was mad that I had to spend twelve dollars to get some of the Amazing Spider-Man's that McFarland drew. So, you know, is it? I'm still pissed about that. Is anybody else a McFarland <laughs> fan? Black Cat, are you a McFarland fan? Do you enjoy his art? No, we're not Mark McFarland fans in this household. Really. <laughs> that was just interestingly said. Do you, yeah. do you hate Todd McFarlane? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I gotta give I gotta give him props. I give him props for breaking out and forming his own company. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Give him props for leaving, basically. <laughs> Glad he left. But uh, I I don't like any of his I don't like his run amazing at all. I mean, he drew terrible Mary Jane Watsons. Uh, they were all airhead bimbos, <laughs> and Felicia was just horrible in there. So, but there was a gr- I don't you know. didn't like I just, I just don't like the style. But you know, yeah. some people do, and yeah. some people uh, I think grew up with that, so they do have the nostalgia factor plugged into that. So yeah, they're gonna yeah. drop six grand for yeah art that uh, he created and signed. You didn't like the scene where uh, Felicia learned that he was married? Venom smashed her up against the wall? He made hamburger meat? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was a, that was a good scene. Her I... nose broken twice in the comics already. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was the second time. Uh, JR, are you a McFarland fan? Do you enjoy it? No. No? Spidey no. Dude, you a fan of it? Uh, yes, no. It depends on my mood. Yeah. I guess I'm the only, only fan on the board that loves me, or and the podcast that loves him. I I guess I agree with Black Cat. I do have a nostalgia factor with him because I loved his run, honestly, with David Michelin back in the day. And they, I used to when I used to pick it up off the uh, the spinner rack. Remember those guys? <laughs> uh, I they if you look at McFarlane's signature on the covers, he'll have a little number underneath his signature on a cover, and I'll say like. 20 or 30, and you could count how many Spider-Man, spiders are hidden in the artwork on the cover. So, a little trivia fact, if anybody knows that. Anyway, I got off on a rant there. Yeah, let's get back on track. Uh, let's see, what are we going to talk about now? JR, you've caused quite the debate on your board about the Ultimate Spider-Man title, and started a debate about if it's an all-ages comic or not. Did it start off being one, or did it eventually become a regular Bogged in continuity title. What do you think, Jr.? Well, um, this debate started when um, one of the uh, one of the posters on the message board just kind of decided to uh, take issue with uh, some of my criticisms of the title, yeah. and uh, that I had complained that it was uh, you know that it had sexual references and that that was inappropriate for kids. And his response was, "Well, kids like likes to talk about sex anyway and have sex and." And I, you know, the point I was making was, um, was, and, and this goes back to those dark ages of the year 2000, and Bill Jemus was in charge, and the regular titles were going down the crapper, <laughs> and Marvel wouldn't do anything about it. But Bill, the whole idea of Ultimate, and when it originally came out, when it was called Ground Zero, and thankfully they changed that name, yeah. was that basically, you know, the com- comics are being read by too many senile, toothless, old farts like me, you know, and we don't want your business anymore. Uh, even though, even though we will come up with these high-priced statues that an elementary school or middle school kid doesn't have enough money to buy, uh, we, we will cater to you old toothless farts there because you have the money. But otherwise, we don't want you reading our comics. We need to get back to, the, to the, have the kids reading the comics. Spider-Man needs to start over because if somebody walks in and sees a, a number 400 on a magazine, they're going to be scared crapless and won't open the cup. <laughs> and, and, that was, and that was Marvel's approach. That was Bill Jemis' 
approach to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So Ultimate was touted as bringing the kids back to comics. Yeah. Okay, well, then, you know, and, and Spider-Man was not, you know, Bendis, for, for the stuff that Bendis has written uh, in his career, Bendis has kept Ultimate Spider-Man extremely accessible to, I would say, all ages. Uh, I would, you know, to me, a true all-ages book is like either Spider-Girl or even the Marvel Adventures line. Right. But, uh, you know, but for example, from what I understand, Ultimate X-Men started right away with some more mature themes. So the product that came out was not as advertised. Basically, they said, we want to go back to the kids, and then they came out with a book, basically books that are being read by what? The same old farts that are buying <laughs> the rest of the comics. So my, my complaint was, Marvel was, it was, a, it was, my complaint was about Marvel's marketing, Marvel's promotion, and Marvel's complete you know, the way they've handled the older, the older segment, mm-hmm. the, the older reading segment. Um, so th- this poster, you know, kind of, you know, compl- you know, pretty well misunderstood the points I was making. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, that it isn't the stories I was criticizing, that it was, it was the way Marvel and particularly Genus uh, handled things. Uh, so is it in all ages? Well, not in the same way that, uh, but, you know, as far as, it, you know, not in the same way that Marvel's Adventures is, but I will say that I don't see how a book, superhero book that one often doesn't even feature the starring superhero <laughs> uh that takes you know that takes six months to unwind a story i mm-hmm. mean you know my son likes me to read spider-man books to him i can guarantee you he's not going to have me read the story where aunt may is talking to her therapist <laughs> he's not going to have me he's not going to have me reading the story where gwen and mary jane are indulging in girl talk and neither spider-man nor peter parker appear yeah so that's what I'm saying. I mean, it was it was a completely disingenuous promotional campaign. Yeah, that's basically what. I'm you know, saying. I I guess that book, I guess Ultimate was designed for the mass market more so than the niche, the regular continuity, because you know those Ultimate books you can find in the the mall bookstores. Because the the issue that you're talking about, where it takes six issues for him to show up, or the Aunt May. Uh, therapy issue is a nice chapter. You know, those issues are chapters for a six-part story. So I guess that, if anything, those books are designed for the bookstores. So. But that's not how it yeah. was originally promoted. Exactly. And, and again, this this goes back to my, uh, you know, because I never forgive or forget. I know you guys have a hard time. <laughs> I'm realizing that because I come across as such a cuddly and forgiving person. But, but Marvel invested all these resources in promoting Ultimate Spider-Man while they were letting the, the regular titles rot. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, you know, again, it's, you know, and in, then Joe Casada has the cojones to go on the Spider-Man DVD and say, oh, you know, we thought we were losing him. That's why we had to come out with Ultimate. And then he makes the comment, well, as soon as we gave him good Spider-Man, bam, there they were again. It's like, <laughs> duh, Joe, you know. It's, so I, I just, uh, that's that's why I, uh, you know, I don't know why I read Joe Fridays because, you know, I, I, I do agree with the one poster who said you can't believe a thing that comes out of Joe's mouth. He's, <laughs> he's a marketer. He's a promoter. He's, you know, and, and so is Stan. You know, we all love Stan, but, I mean, come on. You know, Stan dances circles around Joe Casada as far as, as how much hype and BS he used to see you at. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's just uh, you know, it, it's, it's, um, it's just the way yeah. they promote these things. It just drives me crazy. Black Cat, do you read Ultimate, the Ultimate uh, Universe? I only have the uh, ones where Felicia shows up. Right. So, (laughs) you know, I can't say that it's, quote, unquote, all ages, partially because if it's all ages, then the storyline has to be a little bit more simpler. Mm -hmm. When you start laying complexities on, then that might escape an 8- to 10-year-old kid. Right. Although these kids are playing these really sophisticated video games, so who am I to who am I to say they can't grasp complex storylines? <laughs> but I wouldn't characterize that as all ages. Certainly, uh, a teenager level of maturity for sure. Mm-hmm. It's very much a teen would book. I, I agree. Yeah, would would I let my daughters read it when they're teenagers? Sure, why not? Uh, yeah, if they're interested. Right. Um, also, you know, I, I think it's, do you agree with the point that it's also, uh, each issue is like a chapter? I mean, they, they write those books for the trade paperback, in my opinion, at least the Ultimates, they do. I did think, 
and I think the, there was some comments about this in another post that was related <laughs> where it's like there's a lot of filler yeah. material in there, a lot. Yeah. Now, uh, could they do could they do something in one book? What takes them three, four books to do? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Now, more of I know you're not an ultimate fan either, right? It depends. Yeah. Um, you know, I started picking up Ultimate Spider-Man when the Morbius art came out, and I was following it after that until I had to drop almost every title I buy. Yeah. Um, so I dropped it halfway through the Ultimate Knights, but I was enjoying that too. Um, I don't think it's an all-ages book. I, I don't see that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, as a line, the Ultimate line, I mean, there's there's not even an argument because the Ultimates carries a parental advisory. So yeah, I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that, but that's true. <laughs> um, and but and the main point that I do agree with is those things are written for the trade, um, especially as an entire line. The Ultimates they always talk about how Ultimate Spider-Man trades like the best-selling trades, and everybody's always selling out of those. And again, as a line, if you look at the Ultimates, don't even try to argue because they waited something like eight months or more to put out the last issue just so the trade looks pretty. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's kind of ridiculous. I think they are putting out some good stories, but I, I don't think there's an argument for it being all ages, teenagers surely. But I wouldn't give um, – I have a five-year-old nephew. I wouldn't give him an ultimate book. He was the one that I gave my uh, Spider-Man Swing Shifts comic away to. Oh, man. But... <laughs> Might have to hit that kid up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like a on the street be like, hey, kid, I need your free comic book day issue. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not an all-ages uh, book from Morb. Uh, Spidey okay. Dude, what do you think, buddy? Um, well, I can't really say anything about pacing. Anybody that's read any of my stuff, which is nobody here, I guess. <laughs> uh, one giant colossal story that's been kind of building and building and building, and it seems like it will never end. But... Um, when I'm reading my comic books, I would rather have it uh, pacing more like Roberto than a Bendis. And I don't think it is written for the trades. I think those are more accessible. It's a more accessible book, but I don't see it as a rated all ages book. Mm-hmm. Like, say, something like the uh, Spider Man Fantastic Four miniseries, which is rated all ages. You know, and it's just a fun little book that's not really bogged down in continuity. So. Right. And, you know, I, I have to agree, but, you know, the all ages books don't sell. I don't know why Marvel is – I guess they want to expand their audience, but they aren't doing it right in my opinion because the books, the all-ages books that they do put out, the Marvel Adventures, Spider-Man title and the – well, you know, I guess they sell in a different format though. They sell in the uh, those digests that they put out. Well, they also – we don't see the sales numbers from the non-direct market. Yeah. We only see the sales numbers from the direct market, and of course they're not going to sell well in the direct market. That's not where they're aiming at. They're aiming at the mass market. Yeah. So we saw, I think, in the same the same thing about Spider Girl. I think we'd see a wholly different, totally different story with with the Spider Girl and Marvel Avengers line than we would uh, in the mass. You see those mass market sales numbers, mm-hmm. and they would be totally exact opposite of so. Oh, you kind of broke up towards the end there. I'm sorry. What'd you say? <laughs> and the uh, then the it, it'd be different. I mean, it, it'd be a totally different opposite effect. Yeah. Be, uh, right. Spidey dude's breaking up a little bit. We're losing him. Can you hear me? Oh, there you are. You're back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what third time's the charm? Real quick with summary. What you just said. Sorry. Basically, all I said was uh, that. My uh, the, the sales numbers would be different yeah. if for a book like Spider Girl or Marvel Adventures, which are all ages books, that in the mass market than they would be in the direct market because that's not where they're aimed at. Right. They're aimed at the mass market. So. Okay. All right, gang. That's basically our topics. So you guys ready to hit the message board? We've got some questions, and feel free to hit them. Black Cat. This is the part where you just jump in whenever you want. I'm not aiming at anybody specific, so if you Although there are some questions specifically aimed at her from the message That, that is true. <laughs> All right, we'll start off with uh, Wombat909. He says, hey, congrats to the cat for joining. All the newbies uh, uh, from me on the podcast, well, I don't know what that means. Anyway, uh, do you really think that Spidey will kill the kingpin, and if so, how? What do you guys think? 
No. 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 <laughs> Let me just chime in on that. <laughs> the reason that I'm, if anybody knows about my bet with uh, good old effing Spider-Man, who has to be mentioned on the podcast, of course, <laughs> um, I will not be wearing a dress. <laughs> He, he, Let's just say that. So he bet you that if Spider-Man kills the Kingpin, you'd wear a dress? Well, the uh, bet is if yeah. Spider-Man kills the Kingpin, then I will post a picture on a message board of myself in a dress. Wow. And if he doesn't kill the Kingpin, then FN will post a picture of himself on a message board in a dress. So everybody stay tuned to the message board at the end of Back in Black to see yeah. FN Spider-Man in a dress. You know, when I started the message board, um, I did not envision people wearing dresses <laughs> that were men. <laughs> Just think, I'm paying um, for the bandwidth. Who's going to be the winner in a situation <laughs> like that? Yeah. I think it's definitely <laughs> certainly not the not the people who actually read these posts. Yeah, yeah and the thing is, SN came up with the uh, bet, and I'm not sure why, because it sounds like a lose lose to me. Yeah, that's <laughs> wow. Nobody wants to see us in dresses. Wow. <laughs> I know I don't actually want to see him in a dress. It's just that's the way the bet went. Wow. Little did I know. Well, it depends oh. if you shave your legs and have nice styling, <laughs> good makeup. Could work. Oh no, I will. Uh, I will still have a goatee if I'm wearing. Just dress. for future Fair references, enough. if you guys want to see guys dressed up in dresses, there's a whole different um. section of the internet for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we. Anyway, I think we answered um, that one. On, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, on topic. Besides the uh, outside of the bet, uh, the reason that I made the bet, the reason that I'm so confident. Mm-hmm that I'm going to win the bet. Um, first of all, I don't think uh, Straczynski would do it, but that's just an opinion. That's that's beside the point. There are two reasons that there's no way the Kingpin's getting killed. Um, first, this is all happening while the Kingpin is in jail. And the first issue where that happened of Amazing Spider-Man had a little note that this happens before the issue of Daredevil, where he got out of jail, got out of the life of crime, and left the frigging country. Alive, I might mention. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't really see, at any point, they're going to totally jump Daredevil's continuity and get past all that to the point where Spider-Man could kill him. Because you'd have to fill in the Spider-Man readers on a good five, six issues of Daredevil's story for them to have any idea what the hell's going on. Right. So... I don't think it's going to happen. I think this is all going to take place before that daredevil, which makes us pretty much know from the get-go that he's not going to die. Um, the second reason, it wasn't that long ago that Joe Quesada was asked about when Brian Bendis wanted to kill Kingpin. Um, first arc, Brian Bendis came on to Daredevil. His very first arc, he was so incredibly presumptuous that he wanted to kill the Kingpin. And... Casada said, well, that doesn't sound like a good idea, but let me think about it. Yeah. And he talked to, I don't know who the editor at the time was when uh, they killed the Green Goblin and Gwen Stacy. Anybody know? Ralph Macchio. <laughs> Ralph Macchio. I think. Oh. JR, is that right? Okay. You mean at the time that uh, Gwen and Norman oh. died? Oh, yeah. oh I'm yeah. sorry. That's got to go back. First time? Yeah, oh, the very man. first time. Uh, I'm trying to think. Stan. Yeah, I think it was Stan, too. It was Stan yeah. the man. Okay. Okay, so it was Stan. Um, we'll, we'll say that. Um, Joe Quesada said he talked to, you know, said editor at the time that we're saying it's probably Stan, and he said the worst mistake I ever made was letting somebody kill the Green Goblin. Yeah. Because, yeah, it makes for a great story, um, but then you don't have the Green Goblin anymore, and it's not worth it. Yeah. Um, and Joe Quesada said that it's the best advice I ever got, and based on that, I didn't let Bendis kill the Kingpin because it would have been a great story, but uh, I think it would be a terrible move to have killed the character. Right. So Quesada still has the reins. He's not going to let him kill the Kingpin. It's yeah. not nothing's changed. It's not going to be different from, you know, being the worst mistake he thought he could ever make back then. So those two reasons. No way in hell. It's not so happen. bottom line, F and Spider-Man is going to go and drag. All right, moving on exactly. to the next topic. Uh, Wombat still says, how do you think the most recent issue of New Avengers will be the major setup for Marvel's 2008 event? So 06, 06 is Civil War, 07 is World War Hulk. What do you think is going to happen? I don't bloody care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't friggin' care. I'm tired of these events. I don't care how it sets up. <laughs> Paul Harvey, good day. Wow, thank you. <laughs> you are our Paul Harvey of the podcast. I like that. Black Cat, do you read a new Avengers by chance? Uh, no, we okay. don't. Not in this household. Okay, well, this next question is aimed for you, uh, Black Cat. It says, if you could write 
on a Spider-Man title, then would you bring Black Cat back as the main squeeze? Only if MJ is not Peter's wife. Mm-hmm. So. I do respect the spider marriage, and so does Felicia. Okay. And Sam Kirby, our lovely Sam Kirby. Uh, I love your new uh, signature picture, by the way, Sam Kirby. It looks very cool. His first question is, who was that awesome guest you guys had on la- last month, and can we have him back again? He was the best. He could have his own show, and, oh, he still hasn't received his paycheck in the mail. So I guess he's talking about himself. All right. Uh, number two. <laughs> question number two. You think... Huh? If, if, if Sam Kirby gets one, we have to... Well, I think uh, I should be paid if I have to look at F and Spider-Man and Morbius in a dress. I think I need, <laughs> I think I need a check on that. Uh, Let me just make a contract right now. There will be no money paid out for paying something <laughs> due to either of us wearing a dress. Oh, by the way, I found out who the editor was uh, I, using my what I'm going to recommend. It was Roy Thomas was the editor. Oh, of, uh, that was him. That was him. I didn't think it was Stan. Oh, cool. All right, question two. Do you think comics will ever be as popular in America as they were in the big 90s speculators' times? I mean, with numbers in the 100K copies instead of the 10K copies, I hear about them at now, and why? So you think they ever come back to the big popularity they were, guys and gals? No. No? No. Nope. I have no idea. I don't know marketing well enough to know what exactly led to that in the 90s, so I've... I don't know why that happened in the 90s, so I, I couldn't tell you if it's going to happen again. Oh. Well, part of it was uh, the, the collectibles as a whole had gotten out of hand. Yeah. I used to collect baseball cards, uh, and basically after the collectors and speculators destroyed that market, then they moved on to comics to find another market to exploit and destroy. So it was it was just kind of the, you know, the it was, it was part of a much larger Speculator problem. I don't. I, so if trading cards get big again, yeah. we need to worry about the comic industry. <laughs> I remember back in the yeah. '90s, uh, comics were on QVC of all things. You could often flip it the channels and you'd see them selling and hawking them on QVC. But you know, I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think comics will ever be as popular. But I think the characters are as popular now as they'll ever be. I mean, Spider-Man is a very, very well-known character. He's everywhere, as as Spidey dude said. He's on practically even toilet paper. I mean, you can't go down a supermarket aisle without seeing that character. And his origin is comics. I think the the characters will tran, uh, tran, what's the word I'm looking for? Transcend. Transcend. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I think it'll transcend <laughs> the, the, their origins. I think they'll go on to video games, uh, online. Um, so I think the character, well, the I characters think- are very, very much in good shape. I, I think the art of the book is in bad shape across the board. I mean, book sales are down, too. Not just comic sales, regular book sales. So. Yeah. Well, the thing is, though, I mean, this is really nothing new. Yeah. I mean, comics really have been dying for more than thirty years. Yeah. If you go back and read that uh, rich, uh, I think his name's. Uh, Oh, Chuck Rosansky, right. his uh, articles on uh, Tales of the Database, he's the guy who runs Mile High. Uh, really, comics were dying in the 70s. That's why one reason they went to the direct market uh, distribution system, because they were printing, you know, because they were printing, you know, hundreds of thousands of comics and were having sometimes 60 to 75% return to mm-hmm. them. And um, plus, you know, Jerry, Jerry Conway once was quoted as saying he really didn't think that killing off Gwyn and the Green Goblin was going to be that big of a deal in the long run because he didn't think in five years there would even be a comic book, wow. comic book industry. So, you know, basically we've had these little blips like the speculator movement, which, you know, bring more life and more attention to it, but the, but the art form itself has been on life support right. really for a, for a long time. So. And Sam Kirby's last question is, do you, do you want as the villain in Spider-Man, who do you want in the villain as Spider-Man, in Spider-Man 4? Should they turn Aunt May into Carnage? I guess no on that last question. <laughs> what do you guys? Across the board. What do you guys want in the next one? I'll take Morbius, please. <laughs> I think. Uh, I would love to see the lizard. Yeah. I, I mean, they've been. I thought you'd uh, say Felicia been, before uh, that. <laughs> well, I'm not sure how they're going to introduce her. I had really hoped that for the third one, it would be a lizard uh, black cat story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the movie has its flaws, but overall I'm satisfied. It, felt, it feels to me the first movies are an arc, so now they've got an opportunity to create a new arc here. Yeah. And um, 
how are they going to introduce Felicia, though? I am not too sure. I actually had the harebrained idea that since they fucked with the two female characters to begin with, you know, Mary Jane's more like uh, Gwen Stacy was right. in the original comic books. Well, you might as well take Gwen Stacy and turn her into the black cat. You know, she's a daddy's girl, she's pretty, and uh, maybe she's got a bad side she wants to explore, and that's the way mm. you can do it. Yeah. I don't know. Because I don't, I don't know how, how at this point they're going to introduce a new female character and develop her into a, to a foe yeah. at this point. It would take, it, it would take two movies. I, I, I wouldn't want a, them to introduce her as a foe anyway. I'd like her to be uh, an ally in the movies. But, yeah. Right, but you know, for, she's, got, she's got to do the bad girl thing for yeah. now, like I, I want to go. The cat burglar thing, yeah. 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 Because it's kind of like rebelling against my daddy or whatever, or the authority figure right. or whatever. I mean, let, let her go through that phase, and uh, Spidey uh, helps her see the error of her ways. Jr., who do you like for the villain in the next one? Uh, I was going to say I'm not. I'm in no hurry to see a fourth Spider-Man film. Really? I think uh, I think the um, weaknesses. I mean, I, I, I like the third film a lot, but you know, basically they've become too expensive, too much hype. Too, it's out of control. The expectations are too high. They they just they they need to uh, they need to just stop for a while yeah. and uh, but uh, you know that again that said uh, I always thought Mysterio uh, had potential as a villain because of what you could do with special effects and hallucinations and you know you could really do a um, you know you could you could probably really do something with that and I think Electro would be an interesting yeah. uh, uh, visual uh, as a villain. So we've got uh, Morbius uh, the Lizard. Actually, I was not. Saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I severely don't want to see Morbius uh, as a villain in a movie. I would like to see him have his own movie. That's why I cringed when uh, David Goyer said he wanted to use him as a villain in a Blade movie yeah. because that would mean generic bad guy gets beaten in a fist fight with Blade now, at the end and dies, Mor- which is not what I want. Morbius to was actually in the third Spider-Man movie if you played the video game, which I haven't played the video game yet, but he oh, is in the game. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's disappointing. It is. I feel bad for Morbius. I really do. Have, have you? The game overall was dis. I've not beaten it yet. Yeah. I've not beaten it yet. Surprise, surprise. Usually by the time I talk about the the games, I've usually beaten them. <laughs> but no. Um, I got really tired of it really quickly. It just was so poorly done. If I had a, P- a PlayStation Three or an Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, I think the game, the enjoyment of the game, would have been a lot yeah. better. But. Uh, from what I heard, it's it's eons better than the PS2 version, and the PS2 version is not worth yeah. it. Well, who do you think should be in the third movie, though, Spidey? Or in the fourth uh, movie? I'm sorry. Fourth movie, yeah. I, I think I, I think Electro mm. uh, I, I just just jumps out at me. I think yeah. If they they took the top arc where he comes back, you know, when he gets strapped to the electric chair, and they kind of give it insight to his origin. Oh, that'd be cool. Take that and uh, a couple of the. Uh, I'd love to see the issue where uh, he go, he's a, works at a TV studio and uh, Spidey's on the uh, on a talk show and then Electro attacks. <laughs> and you know that would give the uh, the toy company an even greater excuse to do another costume because he usually has to put on some insulated costume to fight Electro. So that might be a good idea. I don't know. Uh, I would like um, heck. I don't even know who I'd like. I haven't even thought about it. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to the next one. See, I can get off of it since I'm the host. Ha <laughs> ha. FSU Spider Fan. Uh, he asks, any thoughts about the movies? Uh, things that you didn't notice the first time. Has anybody been back to see it since we recorded the show in May? No, actually, I haven't. Yeah. Black Cat, how many times have you seen the movie? Have you seen it once? Uh, I saw it twice. Okay. And I, I, I liked it both times. I mean, I. I had heard that it wasn't being well received, so I was kind of bracing myself. I didn't like the idea of all the uh, of all the complexity they had layered onto this one, so I was really going in expecting something that was going to flush down the toilet. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I do think they barely pulled it off, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, any anything um, you you noticed the second time around? I really noticed, and I still haven't quite figured it out. Why does Peter keep touching his breastbone when he's wearing the uh, like the black suit underneath his clothes? <laughs> he touches his breast a lot. Figured, I, have, I haven't <laughs> quite figured that one out yet. Why? Why does he do that? I mean, is it because the symbiote is chewing at him? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> I don't know. Had, so now we found the symbiote's a nipple biter. Uh, the symbiote's a nipple biter. There you go. 
I never. I guess I'll have to watch that again. I never noticed that he was <laughs> he was massaging himself. Any <laughs> Jr. Have you gone back? Jr. You saw it twice, I think. Uh, I've seen it four oh, times. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> um, the well, one thing I noticed uh, is I didn't realize that the actor who played Flash Thompson was actually made a brief appearance in the film yeah. at Harry's really? funeral. Um, I um, you know when I I saw like. The, when I saw the credits, and it's like Flash Thompson. It's like, well, where was Flash in this? Yeah. And then about the third time I saw it, I said, oh, boy, that actor at the Harry Fino looks familiar, and bingo, it was him. Um, so um, I would say, you know, that was something I didn't notice until a subsequent yeah. viewing. I, I didn't notice that the first yeah. time. I've only seen it once. But uh, There was one character that in the first movie they totally screwed the pooch on. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Flash Thompson oh. was just... Wrong and horrible. Uh, he was I mean, a good. That's, he I was think, a why bully. He wasn't in subsequent movies. He was a good bully in the first one. I thought he was just big, tough metal guy. That yeah. didn't you know? I mean, I don't need a exact physical resemblance to a comic book character, but he didn't resemble him physically yeah. in character or anything. And I think they screwed him up so bad they realized it, and that's why you never saw him appear in subsequent yeah. movies because it was not the right character. Uh, let's see, uh, Jano forty two. He says, in the uh, wake of the announcement that JMS is leaving and possibly everyone else on the Spider-Man titles, who do you want to write and draw the books? I don't think we hit hit on that, who we want to come in when we talked about it earlier. Anybody r- recommend somebody to hop on the books? I'd love to see Alex Ross. Oh, wow. Who's going to get him away from these? <laughs> At least do the covers. I would love to see Alex Ross covers on Spider-Man. That'd be great. To contract with DC, though? Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you who I really want to see come back. John Mark DeMatteis. Oh, yeah. He's a good writer. I want, you know, I, I really want John Mark to come back, but I think he's a little pissed off at Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> I think the relaunch, uh, when they when they did the, re- the reboot, uh, that pissed him off. And I think, uh, I mean, his last book he wrote was with uh, Keith... Geffen, I think. Well, the, it was uh, the defend. It was the Defenders book that he did. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the Defenders. Yeah. Book. And uh, ever since he's, he's he, had, I think he just stopped writing altogether. I think he just got disillusioned with comics yeah. in general. You, I loved his stuff back in the nineties. It was very good. Chair. I'll, I'll have no, um, to. I'll have to add to my uh, dream team. So Alex Ross and Michael Chabon. Who's Chabon? I don't know Chabon. Chabon, C H A B O N. He's the guy who co-wrote the script for. Um, for Spider-Man 2. Oh, okay. And he also wrote, uh, it's Cavalier and Clay, but i got to remember the exact title of it. The Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. Yes, I'm pretty sure he did that as well. Huh, I've never read his stuff. So or... if, he came, if he came on, as, and, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why Spider-Man 2 was overall a better movie, because of the writing. Hmm. And he, he had a heavy hand in right. the writing for that movie. J.R., who do you like coming to the Spider-Titles? Well, uh, you know, I, I, I probably will know who I don't like more than who I do <laughs> like. Um, I, I, I would still like Peter David to stay around in some capacity. Um, I think that, you know, I, personally, I think there should only be two Spider-Man books. I think the third, you know, the third one should be given the hee-ho. I think that's just too much material, particularly with him being in New Avengers and yeah. relentless miniseries and guest star appearances. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing Dan Slott. Uh, given a chance, I uh, I wouldn't even mind uh, Zeb Wells uh, getting a chance because uh, he's written some. Uh, you know, after his uh, horrid MTV Beach Party story, uh, he he did one of the definitive uh, stories on J. Jonah Jameson, Entangled Web. Yeah. Um, so you know, that just off the top of my head, there's some guys I would I wouldn't mind. But whoever it is, I mean, whoever it is, I hope that you know they can write their own stories and stay around at least three years yeah. uh, instead of this this revolving chair. Uh, Creators and titles. I, I think the perfect, in my opinion, the perfect Amazing Spider-Man uh, creative team would be uh, Dan Slott and John Romita Jr. I think that's who I want on the main book. I think they would just be awesome together, and I hope that comes together. And which would be awesome in the uh, July podcast if I'm right. So because probably hopefully within the <laughs> next month or so they'll release who's on the book. Jr. Help me with a couple names. Um, who was the writer that did that? It was either a web spinner's title or something about a henchman that worked for the kingpin, and he got whacked at the end. Who wrote? Uh, it was um, oh god, I've got his name off. He was the same guy who did King and Country. I want to, I mean Queen and Country. Um, I want to say um, 
Greg uh, Rutka. Greg, Greg Rutka. Is that right? Yeah. I thought that That's I thought it. he had a potential to be a good Spider-Man writer. I didn't like his Wolverine run that much, but from that that was a great that, story. That was a good one. And also, you'll have to help me with this name, Jr. He um, did that Death and Destiny. He was the artist on that. Lee, Lee Weeks, Weeks, I think, would be a great artist as a regular run on on one of the Spider-Man titles because he draws a very very good Spider-Man. I think, and I, I think I you're yeah, you're a fan too. I think I heard you talk about him before. All right, Scarlet Spider with the very cool Venom avatar on the left. He says, in F and Spider-Man, the writer is Peter David, but I've noticed that the book doesn't sound like him. Could someone else be doing it and putting on the David name to get people to buy it? So, well, I hope Peter David doesn't listen to this podcast like he did the couple few ago, but uh, I don't think so. I, Does he believe yeah. that, though? Does he believe that we didn't go to the moon now, too? <laughs> the truth is out yeah. there, Scarlet Spider. Uh, do you think Peter will wear the black suit in one more day? I don't think so. I think he'll do a red and blue. Oh. Um, yeah, the red and blue is what's on the sketchbook yeah. cover. So. Yeah. I mean, could be he'll give it up. And yeah. And then, uh, it's third question, the new Spider-Girl, she will be fighting Carnage. Could this be a point where she proves to everyone that she can keep the hero thing up? Let's go to Spidey Dude on that one. You're our Spider-Girl expert. Uh, I, I knew as soon as you said the question, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, because I'll be reviewing it for the Spider-Man Crawl Space Dog. There you go. Anyway, Take a shot. Uh, you know, we haven't said anything about Spider-Clones. My goodness. Yeah, I know. Yep. You did call yeah, Spidey Dude the Clone Saga expert at the beginning, uh, and I almost chimed in with taking a <laughs> shot. But, that was the uh, last shot. I wasn't introduced yet, so I couldn't <laughs> talk. Anyway, back at the ranch, as I like to say. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, especially to me. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, you know, I think she well proved herself with the Venom story arc. How she handled that well, or didn't handle that. I think Norman Norman that better than Spider Girl did. Yeah, it's going to be a really proof test of her character. I think Zach, we're losing you again. Hold that mic up. <laughs> oh my God! Here, there you go. You're much better. Go ahead. Um, the. I think Carnage is going to be a good is going to be a good test for yeah. her. It's going to be a good test for her character. I, I think she will prove. I, she's already proved with the amount of villains that she's defeated and the way she's done it. She can keep the hero thing up. I don't. Yeah. I don't. But I don't think everybody believes in her. I think it's kind of uh, goes hand in hand with a lot of people that don't believe that this book's going to last to to pass twenty five issues. Yeah. So. I mean, I think she can keep the right. thing up. I think it'll be, it'll be... You know, I didn't ask Black Cat, do you read Spider-Girl? I mean, that's... I, I You would think a, a female would be interested. No, no, I don't. Yeah. I'm I'm aware of it, yeah. but I, I don't own any or have read any yeah. issues. All right, our next question, Wandering Ship. Oh, our Spider-Clone guy. Okay, now skip him. Uh, <laughs> uh, Drumma uh, says she was upstaged by a new female. Drummer is on that other pod, Spider-Man podcast, if you want to listen to that, uh, the Amazing Spider-Cast, so you can listen to Drummer, too. Uh, wandering Ship. It's after you've listened to all of our exactly. podcasts all the way through. <laughs> uh, Spidey Dude's talking, Spidey Dude's talking. Okay, Sam Kirby's got a question. <laughs> it says, I've got another question because the morning drugs are kicking in. We know, Sam. Okay, do you think I've had anything to do... Do you think I've had anything to do with the creative team leaving F and Spider-Man with my bitching about the white spider on the collect costume? I sure hope not. I'd feel bad for a bit. Yep, it's all Sam Kirby's fault. Next. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I'd like to say thanks, Sam. Yeah, I, I, I think, Sam, actually, that was cool that you got uh, the artist to draw a bigger spider head. But uh, I don't think they can reach the large spider head that you already have. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Sam. Nobody touch it. Everybody leave it alone. <laughs> we love Sam. He's a good guy. Uh, Jr. Did Sam have anything to do with Peter David getting the boot? Uh, no. I, well, I think it really is the drugs talking without question. So. Uh, let's see. Uh, let me go to page two and let me see if there's anything. The I think page like, two is mostly you asking for more questions and people saying, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, do you think Spidey will kill Kingpin? F and Spider-Man wants to know. Nope, no questions from him. And Okay, Wombat, 909, he's got two more. This one is for the cat. 
Does your husband look like Peter Parker, and will he ever join up here? <laughs> oh, join up here, meaning Yeah, exactly. Um, well, answer to the first question, maybe he does. <laughs> There's a picture of us in the uh, picture posting thread. Yeah. You guys be the judge. There's also a fan art. Well, I'm not sure it's a fan art. It was driven for me by a comic book artist mm-hmm. of sorts at the San Francisco Comic Con, but there's a picture of me as a black cat, if you want to go mm-hmm. figure out what I look like. Um, will he ever join up here? I'm not sure. He's not big on board. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm i kind of like the mouthpiece for the family. <laughs> on that. I, I, there's a couple of other boards that I frequent, and uh, he's never signed up for those either. Yeah. So. Well, we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep um, pestering him. <laughs> I think I wrote it somewhere. If someone were to start like a Silver Age thread question, he'd be all over it. JR, that sounds perfect for you. That's a way to entice him. (laughs) How old is your husband anyway? Uh, My husband will be 52. Oh, holy cow. Somebody older than me. (laughs) (laughs) JR was our resident uh, old. Resident. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. No kidding. Man, you got to think for older men, don't you? Jeez. Well, she he, she has good taste. He's a Spider-Man fan, you know. There's yeah, that's right. Well, I'm not as I pointed out on the board as well. I'm not I'm not that young myself. But you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of us comic book fans can just hope for uh, younger Latin yeah. wives that want to get into our comic book obsession. You- so I think you're good. And Wombat's last question looks like on the board is to me. He asks, uh, what upcoming plans for the podcast? Uh, kind of like a year's worth of solicitations. So, um, I don't have anything in stone, but I can tell you some ideas that I'm thinking about. Again, we're trying to get that, uh, producer from the new animated, uh, series of Spider-Man called The Spectacular Spider-Man. It's going to be on the WB. He's agreed to do the interview. It's just going to be a little bit later, which is like July or August. Uh, Jason Marsh LaRouche, he's a, a reviewer on the title and, and, or on the site. And he's also, uh, been giving me some tips about, uh, some creators. He's, uh, recently going to a convention where John Romita Jr. and Sr. are going to be. And he's going to ask him if he can get a phone number or an email. And it'd be great to have those two guys on one show. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be a good show? Do you guys think? It'd be nice to have either one of them. Either one of them, a father and son on a podcast and interview, and it would be awesome. I would love that. So I'm going to try to do that. Also, I've got Ron Garney's email. Uh, Ron Garney, the, I need to interview him quick because he's not going to be on the title that much longer. And um, I also... There was one last FN Spider-Man question. Oh, there is? He wanted um, Oh, yeah. let me see. Right before Wombat's left. Okay, let me scroll back up. That's pretty much all the ideas that I'm thinking of uh, with the uh, uh, future shows. And we've only got, what, six more left of this year. So I'm, if I can get any one of those ideas or two before the end of the year, that'd be sweet. Okay, I've got, I'm, in, I'm looking at F and Spider-Man questions. He has uh, a question. I have a question for Cat, and it involves a little history. Since she's obviously an authority on the Black Cat character, was her, her t- what's her take on Felicia's psyche? Meaning, why did she flip when Peter revealed his true identity to her? What's going on inside that little brain of hers? Ooh, that's a shot. How cozy, how crazy or not is Felicia? Is she nuts? Uh, I think she's a little yeah. nuts like Angelina Jolie's a little yeah. nuts. Very, uh, that's a very good analogy. I, I like that. Um, why did she flip when Peter oh, revealed his true identity to her? I think that was more bad writing. Yeah. Because prior to that unmasking, she uh, she had tried to see uh, she had tried to take the mask off twice, and Peter didn't allow her uh, to yeah. do it. So she was curious enough to see what was underneath the mask. I think she was prepared. You know, she was comfortable at that point to be comfortable with whatever was going to be revealed to her. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a I think it's a spectacular annual, or it's a, one of the spectacular issues where everybody has like a dream and one and it's got Felicia, Jonah, Spider Man, and I think Mary Jane. Like they have like little vignettes and it's like a dream of whatever's going on in their life. And one of them, it's Felicia going off with Spider Man. They pulled off a heist. She she convinced Spider Man to steal something actually, and they jet off in this yacht to Europe and. He unmasked, and it's Cary Grant, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. 
was pretty funny. So you know, she was probably expecting a movie star character looking like person. Yeah, not not Tobey Maguire looking. Uh, I think, I think, yeah, not Tobey Maguire <laughs> looking, but I think it was more – she was a victim of bad yeah. writing. And you, you know when you were making a reference to what the imaginary lifestyle of Black Cat and Spider-Man hooking up, I thought you were going to reference that – I think it was in Spectacular where she's like in the kitchen cooking breakfast for all the little kids, and there's a little Spider-Man and little Black Cats running around around Peter's feet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's Peter's fantasizing about marrying uh, the black guy. Yeah. He says, we better get a VCR because we're going to miss all the late exactly. shows. But, yeah, she, <laughs> that's a, that is a yeah. great thing. Yeah. All right. It looks thing. like the message board questions are all answered. Let's do, go with the re- recommendations for the month. Uh, black Cat, we'll start with you. Anything you're reading or watching that you recommend to others for the month? Um, Reading, I'm... We're reading the uh, Justice series uh, from DC. Uh, even though this is a Marvel household, Alex Ross has got enough pull on my husband that he'll read anything <laughs> Alex Ross is involved mm-hmm. with. Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. I, we've been enjoying right, it. So Justice from the Black Cat. Uh, Spidey Dude, anything you recommend? or? Uh, I got three. You got you got three. Okay. I thought you said I got three. You might break up before then. Cut it down. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, my first recommendation is if anybody has not gotten the uh, Amazing Spider-Man co- Complete Collection, the DVD, where originally was uh, originally advertised as 40 years of Spider-Man, but now with uh, 12 CD-ROMs, this is one DVD, uh, 100, uh, 560 complete printable comics, and all the annuals on one DVD, on one DVD-ROM. Right. Uh, available on Windows and Mac for the UMAC users. Uh, we also, I also got the uh, Ultimate Guide to Spider-Man, the updated edition. Oh, what's new about it? I, I have the old version. The old version, uh, the new version has some extra pages. Mine got uh, chocolate milkshakes built on it. So <laughs> I <bet> not, <laughs> long story there. Yeah. Uh, it has pretty much uh, the other storyline. Talks about the other storyline. Talks about the new Avengers. Ezekiel, uh, Moreland, the unmasking, and the Iron Spider suit, as well. Yeah. So uh, that's the new new additions to it. Uh, I don't know if it's justifiable spending twenty bucks on, but uh, I prefer the old cover. But this this, this is really nice. It's, and it's written uh, by our friend of the show, Tom DeFalco. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. And my third and final recommendation is not Spidey related, okay. not even comic book related, but uh. If you didn't know already, I am a, quite a conservative guy. And, uh, no. no. From Texas? I thought he was 90 miles from Crawford uh, branch. Uh, right now, I, I just bought the uh, Reagan Diaries. And if you haven't read, if, you, if you're a Reagan fan or you're just interested in, in uh, a presidency in its own words, I recommend that book. It came out a couple weeks ago, and it's, uh, from what I've read, it's, I've read about half of it. Really good stuff. Yeah. It just—it's every all the major events in his presidency were done in his own words, and it's really quite. And that's—I so. I actually saw Nancy Reagan on Larry King this week pushing that book. So, look at this: a Spider-Man geeks talk in politics. Good lord! Anyway, moving on <laughs> to Jr. What's your recommendations for the month? Uh, actually, I don't have any. Oh. <laughs> it's uh its been a—it's been a long month. Yep. Uh, I haven't. And, Unless you unless you want to hear about all the financial related periodicals I've had to read. So JR recommends uh, Money but, Magazine. Uh, <laughs> and uh so no, I'm 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 tapped out. I'll have to think okay. of something next time. Uh, more. Um, I will jump in here real uh-huh. quick. There is an excellent uh article on Marvel in in the most recent Fortune magazine. Oh, really? You, it's a must read. Okay. It's a must-read because it, it talks a little about what's in their minds right now and how, you know, they've taken over the movies at this point. Right. So that's why they're going to do the Hulk reboot. Right. Did, is the article online? I could put a link up on the board, too. You know, I, at the time I went looking yeah. for it, there isn't a link yet. There might be a link probably next okay. month. Okay, cool. But I, I think it's I think it's, uh, it's worth owning. There's some, uh, there's some pictures in there, and there's actually a little – Picture was probably taken out of Comic Con, and there's a Spider-Man in the black suit with the black hat. In ah, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> Collect them all. Uh, let's see, uh, Morbius. What's your uh, recommendations for the month? 
Oh, I got uh, one comic and one TV on DVD. <laughs> um, neither remotely Spider-Man related. Um, out of form for me, the comic book is DC. If you haven't been reading Countdown, I'd highly recommend that one. And I think something might keep a few people from it is if, personally, I started reading 52, um, which was obviously the weekly comic that came before it, and Countdown is DC's new weekly comic, if you weren't uh, aware. 52, I got bored with after seven issues and dropped. But um, Countdown has been really good so far. It's much more tied to the DC world. I'm not a big DC fan, so I don't know a heck of a lot about their universe, but this is doing a good job of moving you through it, and it's also got some good characters to latch on to, because I know some people absolutely hate them, but personally, two of my favorite DC's characters are Jason Todd, the resurrected second Robin, and Kyle Rayner, the former Green Lantern, who's now called Ion, mm-hmm. and they're both uh, they're people trying to hunt them down and kill them because apparently they're not supposed to exist, which interests me. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, Weekly good entertainment, basically. This past week was the fourth one, and it was the first that I thought was a little bit weak, but if I can get three weeks of really fantastic comics, that's still three times what I usually get in a month for anybody else. Yeah. So I recommend that one. As TV goes, I've been renting uh, the discs of Alias. Oh, that's a good show. I love that, Alias. Yeah, I'd never seen Alias, but you know I love Lost, and it was the same creator, and I needed something to watch, basically. So. Yeah. Um, I started writing that, and it's just got, you know, the most fantastic, complex plot lines, the greatest twists, and good acting. Um, they keep the thing fresh. Yeah. I mean, I'm halfway through season two right now, and, you know, things have been totally reinvented. Um, so it's a really, really, really good show, probably the quickest addicting show I've ever watched. I'd highly yeah. recommend it. I actually got turned on to that show through uh, TV on DVD also. I, I uh picked up the box set on a whim because I like Jennifer Garner and I, I eventually, <laughs> well it's not hard to not like Jennifer Garner but <laughs> that show is really addicting, you're going to enjoy that one uh, my recommendations for the month uh, I just have one, I'm just going to go well I'll go two uh, the first one is at uh, TV on DVD we just picked up uh, The Shield season one, I've, I've, I've seen bits and pieces of the show on uh, cable and I wanted to get into it but I didn't really know what was going on so I picked up season one and man I'm on the fourth episode already, and that show is awesome. And to keep it Marvel connected, you know, Michael Chiklis is the thing in the Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. so he's just a badass on that. It's like Tony Soprano with a badge. <laughs> so uh, pick up the Shield if you like, and I'll do my beverage of choice every month is Mountain Dew. Enjoy it. When I when I update the site, what do I drink? Mountain Dew. So so if Pepsi Pepsi's listening. Send me a case. <laughs> Well, guys, it's been a fun June show. Black Cat, you're great. You're great to have fun. Thank you. Glad, glad to be on. Um, the link to that uh, Marvel article, Fortune, is up, so I will send okay, it cool. to you. And I'll post it on Awesome. The and, gang, you were great as usual. And uh, uh, we'll be back for the July show. I don't know what we're going to do on that show, but uh, I bet it'll be fun as this one. So, guys, thanks for listening.